Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Nash Tsunami podcast. Today, we are offering six conversations from episode 43, our Career Week interviews with Agent Diagnostics CEO Rachel Zayas and Novo Nordisk International Vice President Michelle Long. The conversation with Rachel Zayas continues with a focus on fundraising and what it takes to win the new venture competition, the original subject. Rachel describes the idea that fundraising is a two-way exploration to see whether investor and investee company can function as partners in the development process and describes why this is so important. She then goes on to describe how competitions happen, what transpired in the recent Pepperdine University School of Business competition that Agent won, and how ventures benefit from doing well in these competitions, even when there is no prize money per se beyond the recognition of winning, or for that matter, no prize beyond the recognition of winning even. We each think we know a lot about the jobs we do, or at least I hope we do, but we know far less about other jobs we might find intriguing or valuable, and exactly what makes the people with whom we interact good at what they do. These interviews with Rachel Zayas and Michelle Long provide the kind of in-depth view into other career possibilities that most of us rarely encounter in everyday life. I'm not looking for a job in either of these situations, but I feel I learned a tremendous amount from both of them. I'm confident you will as well. So just sit back, listen, learn, enjoy. And when you're done, join the dialogue in our LinkedIn discussion group. It's a better way to sample it. And in pursuit of funding for all this, you've been out raising money, right? So first of all, I want to congratulate you recently. I understand that you've won two competitions, one a life science competition and the other a broader entrepreneurial competition, both while you're out in California. And we'll talk about that in a sec. But before we get there, is there anything about raising money that people thinking about going down this line might not know that they should have known before they started? Say that you should have known before you started? Rachel Zayas. Oh, so many things. I could talk to you about this for several hours but I will go through the high-level points. Fundraising is a partnership. You're not applying to a fund or VC or an angel network to compel them. It is a two-way road. It is a partnership. So with that, some important things that are essential early on is make sure that you're pursuing funds that have a strategic fit. So ensure that they are fundraising at this stage, whether it's the seed, the Series A, the Series B, that they funded companies that are in your space whether it's a medical device or therapeutic or something that is AI-based. Ensure that companies that they have invested in the past have alignment with what you're doing and how you're doing it. And then last, but certainly not least, this partnership aspect can't be understated. So we are very selective with who we've worked with for VCs that we allowed to come onto our cap table because it is not just us going out begging people for money, but rather it is a long-term partnership and a strategic partnership. So as much as VCs are vetting you and evaluating your team, traction, market opportunity, you need to be vetting them as well. Are they respectful? Are they responsive? Are they going to help us make introductions for the next uh, raise? Are they going to be um, open to communication when things don't work out? Because things won't work out the way that you plan. That is part of business. That is part of life. For every founder that is out there raising, remember you are vetting them just as much as they are vetting you. And you must make that front and center. I promise it'll get you to a lot of no's quicker, but it will also weed out the people 
you don't want to be working with. So well, a lot of those make sense. I mean, if you think about the major drug development rule in big pharma is quick kills are the best thing you can do. What you don't want to do is hang around on a hope for a while and then uh, take a very expensive killer have wasted a lot of time. So I'm guessing this is kind of the same thing on a smaller scale, right? Yes. Yes. So exactly. with that, then you go into competition. So how many competitions have you been in, in say the last year, if you had a guess? I would say in the last year, I've probably been in maybe 30 to 40 competitions. Not all of them have been for money. A lot of them have been for networking purposes. So there's a lot in person. I think that that is the most impactful way to find new collaborators, new investors, new prospective hires. Being there in person is really worth its weight in gold because you can pick up on energy, intentionality, and who these people really are on, on, on both sides and who we are as, as a company as well. So what's the value of, this may sound like a really stupid question, but what's the value of winning, particularly if there's no money in that particular competition? Well, there's no money. After the competition we won a few weeks ago, it was uh, with the Pepperdine uh, University Graduate School. This was actually a three to six month due diligence process. It was one of the most intensive due diligence processes that we've ever been through. There was five rounds in this competition. It started with 3,000 companies and they ended up selecting the top 15 of those 3,000 to come and pitch on their pitch day in uh, sunny Malibu, California. With that, well, each of us are winners and have shown market traction. The individuals in the room are investors and collaborators. So while there was no money associated with this competition exactly, there was a lot of investors in the room, family offices, VCs, angel networks. I really do have to say that one of our goals for this year was to continuously come out to California because the fundraising landscape is a lot different than the East Coast. So we wanted to diversify our fundraising outreach strategy, and it's been quite, quite fruitful. So these competitions, well, there's not always money associated with them. There's network effects and impact, and there are a lot of investors in the room. When you get to the final pitch on this stuff, well, that's card ahead of horse. So the rounds of due diligence are basically intended to winnow out on what grounds in general? Excellent question. So clear communication on product market fit. So you are developing something that can solve a large and unmet need, whether that's in medical space, the social impact space, aerospace, and anything in between. Large, unmet need, product market fit, traction, capability of executing, team. Team is really important. uh, I'm a strong believer that you can have the best technology in the world, but if you don't have a team that has good chemistry between one another and then can execute effectively together, you really don't have much. Forget the competition. There's nothing more important than who's sitting in your boat and who's steering the ship together. Mm-hmm. But how many people actually come to competition with you or are you there alone in the final round? This one was was just, just me out here, but we have a few new hires that, that are coming onto the team in the next couple weeks. So they will be traveling with me going forward. And I'm, I'm really excited to have them there to make an impact. So talk about Pepperdine for a minute. You say that that was not just healthcare, that was an all-commerce kind of a competition, right? Yes. You get an announcement. What does the announcement say in the end? We had a handful of investors that we've been in due diligence with for the last couple months. And this was kind of the, the decision tree to tip them over in, in favor of investing. So first and foremost, well, there wasn't capital involved. There is at the end of the day, because a lot of investors 
professors want to see that others agree with their assessment. As you were talking about earlier, behavior economics is real and it couldn't be more front and center in investing as well. So you'd hope to think that investors are impartial and objective in their analyses of companies, but it really couldn't be anything further than the truth. And and that's no knock on any of our investors that that are are listening, because at the end of the day, we are not machines. We're humans and we are subject to biases. So when you see that others are investing and supporting a company and entity, it makes you want to jump on that bandwagon as well. So Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of investors that have now sought to close our round of due diligence in favor of investing. So that's been that's been wonderful. There are new faces in the room and uh, new connections we will be making with uh, Pepperdine Business School, as well as a lot of physicians in, the, in that area as well. So it's multifaceted in that capacity. And as you point out, it's sunny Malibu. It's not a bad place to have to hang out. It's not a bad place at all. Yeah, it, it was beautiful. So in the final presentation, what exactly were you presenting? I actually spoke about why the liver? Why should anyone care about the liver? So I really tried to present a hook, which was a synthesis between what we've been developing in research and what we can and cannot do right now. I think what, one of my opening lines is that, did you know that we can send a nanoparticle to navigate the circulatory system, target a specific organ, release a therapeutic in an orchestrated manner to treat disease, but we can't use that same circulatory system to determine when one of the most important organs is in trouble. So I think that the why and why one should care is should always be part of the hook and, and the opening. So why the liver? Why this technology? And then going a little bit more specific into the market opportunity, our competitive advantage, our traction, and where we are today to really paint the picture of, okay, we've delivered on other milestones and goals that we've had previously, and here's what we're going to do next, and here's how we're going to do it, and here are the collaborators we've built to get here. So all of that is to say... Here's why this is a great company to invest in, to collaborate with, to support. That's a great answer. Thank you. And now back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put them in the review section of the page from which you downloaded the conversation or send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We'll be back next week with a more typical tsunami episode, this one focusing on patient screening and women's health issues. Until then, stay safe, surf on, we'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now.